grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When we still lived in Fort Wayne, Rebecca, my wife, and I went to a fireside chat at the seminary. They have these things where they bring in a speaker, one of the professors, you sit in front of a fire, you chat, fireside chat. Like, think about FDR used to hold those around the radio back in the day. And one of the times we went, there was this Norwegian pastor who has since become a bishop in one of our sister synods in Norway, give a talk about Christianity and Scandinavia in general, and Norway in particular. His first name was Thor, so, but he didn't have a hammer. Now in this talk, he spoke about how students in high school in Norway and much of Scandinavia have religion class in public school. It's just what they do. It's part of their school day to talk about religion. But the thing, however, in these classes, they're taught there is no such thing as truth. They're actually taught that. Or they're taught that there's no such thing as objective truth. That is a truth that exists outside of you, that's unchanging, and that exists whether you want to believe it or not. Truth, these Norwegian impressionable teens are taught, is whatever you make of it. Whatever you personally think, feel, or believe. Knowing the truth... Well, that's up to you. Now, Jesus in the gospel reading, though, makes a very bold statement. Listen carefully to what he said. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Our Lord Jesus tells you there is truth, and it's knowable. He also says that knowing the truth happens through remaining or abiding in his word. And you see, there's a remarkable thing here is that it sets you free. So remaining in the words of Jesus and knowing the truth sets you free. Now, all of this is important as we consider this day. The Reformation would have been one big scam if there was no such thing as truth. What would have been the point? It would have simply been some argument between this random German monk, who the Pope called a drunken German monk, and the Pope. To borrow a phrase from the present time, it would have been just a matter of someone's own interpretation, or just simply personal beliefs. But that's not the case. Truth is a real thing, and the Reformation sought to restore the truth in the church because salvation was and still at stake. Because if the truth sets you free, and it does, error is deadly. But we've lost that conviction in the church today. We've lost the zeal. We've lost the fire in our bellies of that time and in times like the apostles. But you know what? It's coming back a little bit. The church grows the best when it's under persecution. And persecution is and will be coming. But sadly, the Reformation has become mere nostalgia or like a distant family history, something you just do in your family, but you really don't know the reason why, but your grandma just makes you do it. But we've lost sight of the truth proclaimed by Luther and Reformers. We've exchanged that fire and that zeal to suffer all, even death, for the truth of God's word, for the affirmation and approval of men, of institutions, of governments. 
So rather than rest our heads on our pillows at night with a conscience consoled by God's word, and knowing that even if they knock on the door and come for us and take us and kill us and our families at night, we think all is well so long as everyone is getting along. Now let's stop here for a moment, though. There is something just as dangerous and just as deadly. It's to hold to the truth for its own sake, for the purpose of imposing might of right over others. That's a form of what is known in philosophy as nihilism. It means nothingness. It's where words are just empty and a conviction is in one's own self or sense of self rather than the truth. That old adage, why do you believe that? I don't know why I believe it, I just believe it, right? That's nihilism. It's nothingness. And that's not what Jesus is getting at here either in the gospel reading. You don't remain in God's word so that you can simply say, I'm right and you're wrong. Although our family always says we're always right. The right way, the scriptural truth is confessed, is for the sake of the neighbor and to glorify God, and because it's God's truth, it belongs to him. It's his word, not our word. The way of error, though, is rightly condemned when it, because it understands false teaching will kill people and lead them into hell. Just like if your kid's running out into the street, you rebuke them. You grab them. You tell them, no, that will hurt you. The truth proclaims Christ fully And it sets people free. So Jesus goes on in the gospel reading to show the need for all of this. He opens things up and reveals this condition, not just in general of men, but for all of you who are baptized, called by the gospel. There's a both and, a broad and a narrow sense. Knowing the truth as you have been taught, Jesus narrows in it and he addresses you as well. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, it's not complicated what Jesus says here. We know what he's talking about. If someone is free, he's free. And if you're not free, you're a slave. So what is slavery? Well, Jesus tells us sin is slavery. An example of how this all works can be seen in the epistle reading, that great epistle reading from the book of Romans. How they often taught theology in Wittenberg, where Martin Luther was a professor, was they would go through the book of Romans. That's how you would learn doctrinal theology, going point by point through the chapters of Romans. And here in Romans 3, there's an element in which all of this we understand in a general sense. St. Paul writes, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We see that all-encompassing thing, but we see, though, that Jesus is not talking about here, then, as an excuse to sin. That's not the truth. In fact, Jesus is saying the opposite. That is slavery. But we see how that truth can get twisted by our own sinful hearts, by the world and the devil, and truth is exchanged for lies. We hear of how sinful behavior in our family, our friends, and even in our own lives, then it will be said, well, we're all sinners. That's true. It's a true statement, but that is not an excuse for sin or not to address it. It's kind of like all of us standing on a sinking ship as it's going down into the water. We see the life rafts all around us, but we just look around and say, oh, well, we're all sinking. Everybody's going to drown. We're all in the same boat. But you see how easy it is to fall into that trap? to take the truth of what Jesus says and want to make it a way that we can justify ourselves or want to think everything's okay. And we can do it in so many ways. 
But that's what happens as Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. What happens when we separate ourselves from God's word? We've taken our eyes off of the word, and we've let our lives be defined by the world around us or our own sinful desires. So Jesus says, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. And the word that Jesus uses here is one who is actively doing sin. He's doing these things. He's living his life contrary to the word of God, which sets him free. He's entering back into slavery. He's throwing freedom aside in order to be a slave. So the question then, as we hear these words of our Lord, that begs to be asked is, so what then is this truth that sets you free? Well, listen again to this word of God. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, that is an atonement by his blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, dear Christians, when you hear those words, listen to them and know that those are what God has done for you. Because you see all these things all around you. You know your own sinful heart. But God says, know that it is for you because you are baptized into Christ, because you have a pastor telling this to you right now, and you take into your own mouths the very body and blood given and shed for you. So God says, because of what Christ has done for you, you are a free person. And I know I've mentioned this to the people at St. John before. The word for being set free or a free person in Greek sounds like Lutheran. You are a Lutheros, a Lutheran. Luther's name was first Martin Luther, and he changed it to Luther. He's a free man. You're no longer a slave to sin, the devil, the world, your sinful nature, or even death. Those things are gone. You're free from all of those things and free to something. To live. To live now. To live forever. So abiding in God's word, he keeps you, he guards you, he protects you in all of this salvation. It's his word, it's his truth, it's his freedom that he gives to you. All in Christ, all for you. So you see, when you remain in the words of Jesus, or as this could also be translated, as you abide or you're dwelling, you're dwelling in the word of God, you're listening to the voice of your good shepherd. Being a disciple is being a student, one who listens and you, give, you are given faith. And through faith, you fix your eyes on him. Rather than being a slave to whatever voices and ideologies may be trying to yell at you at any given time, at any given place. You don't have to be a slave to them. And keep up with whatever is the latest notion of truth. There's a reason why pastors say repeatedly that if you separate yourself from the word of God, your faith will die. Not if, but when it will happen. It's because Jesus teaches this, and it's true. You will always be listening to someone in your life. From the time you're a newborn baby to the time the Lord calls you home, you're always going to be listening to somebody, even yourself. 
and your life will be lived accordingly. So it's either the word of Jesus or it's not. Think about just all the examples in your own life when you see someone stop hearing, stop remaining, stop dwelling, abiding in God's word. Or even maybe you've done it for a time or been tempted to do so. What happens to that person in their lives? What starts defining them? How do they then treat God's word? That's why we pray, Lord, save us from that state and return those who have wandered astray. So, dear Christians, today is Reformation Day. We're not just observing that today is Reformation Day, October 31st. Be bold today. You have something through God's word and all of this, too. Your conscience is free. It's clear. You know what God thinks about you. He's shown you his grace and mercy towards you in Christ, and that's nothing insignificant. So the boldness of Reformation Day is to join in with Luther and his words from a mighty fortress a few minutes ago that we sang. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. So your conscience knows because God's word teaches you that even if they should take everything from you in this life, even your kids, you have everything. You have God's word. You have the gospel. And God's word will remain forever. So sing that with gusto. And always remember that as you go through this world and face whatever may come your way. If God is for you and he is in Christ, who can be against you? Nothing can. You're a free person. And God's word echoes that out, that your sin is forgiven, that you have fully and freely life eternal. And this is the Christian faith that you celebrate on Reformation Day. This is the Lutheran faith. The truth Jesus teaches you is knowable. It's not hidden from you. You're not wondering, did God really say, like Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden, Eden, you know what God really said. You know what God says about you. You know the truth. You're free. So don't be a slave to the voices around you trying to get you to buy into wokeness or whatever is the flavor of the day in the world that will be here one day and gone the next. You aren't left wondering about the things of God, trying to defend God's words, clearly teaching things like baptizing babies, which we saw before us today, the presence of Jesus and the Lord's Supper. God's word doesn't have any errors. And so many of those things. Be bold in confessing the truth and be proud of the truth. Don't apologize it for it ever for one instant because it's god's truth your catechism the small catechism that summarizes the christian faith that's the christian faith those six chief parts teach what the scriptures teach it is the truth so go out into the world today as free people people free to really live as heirs of eternal life the slave doesn't remain in the house forever but the son does and you're a lutheran You're a free man. And don't be afraid of what awaits you because you have heard the voice of Jesus speak to you today in this place. That intro beautifully says um, this, and it also is put as a verse with the Augsburg Confession, one of the documents of our Lutheran confessions. At the beginning of it, they have this. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. That is, I will speak your truth and not be put to shame, even to standing before princes and rulers of this world. Always abide in the word of Jesus each day. Cling to that word, finding rest in the arms of your Lord, who is faithful to you in all things. Sing out loudly the gospel that you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, given through the scriptures alone. Not of yourself, but of God and his work in Christ alone. 
So be steadfast, be immovable in this faith, firmly planted and rooted in God's word. And know too, you're not alone, but your fellow saints stand beside you, confessing the same truth going forward. Pray to the Lord that he keeps you always in his word and that he produce abundant fruit as he promises, as you are of his branches. And in all things, give him thanks, for you're set free. And if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed, now and forever. Amen.